From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, January 12th. Willow Nichols and Ingrid Payne are seniors at Grand County High School. This is their graduating year. It's 2023. And in a few short months, they'll be walking with their classmates to receive their diplomas, enjoying some commencement traditions. The gong, the gong and walking through the G, like yeah, all that stuff. stuff. Like it's during there. the ceremony and there's, a, there's gonging that happens. Okay, they're excited about the gong and walking through the big G after receiving their diplomas. And a new tradition, one they, with the majority of support from their senior classmates, are starting this year. Here's Ingrid. Willow. We were thinking about talking actually to the um, the graduation committee last year, mm-hmm. but you know it's not our year, mm-hmm. and so it's been, sort of been in our heads for a while that maybe we didn't want to have the two color robes. Two colors of graduation robes: girls in white, boys in red. Grand's commencement ceremony has involved an elaborate planning process where girls, again in white, and boys in red walk two and two together down an aisle. They then sit separately by gender on the graduation stage. Willow remembers feeling distracted by it as she watched last year's seniors graduate. It's a little um, interesting, I'll say, to have a girl in a white robe getting walked down kind of an aisle situation. And just you like, And you're like... <laughs> we can like, describe, yeah. like, kind like of... Link arms, link arms. Yeah. Being escorted, yeah. It just felt odd to them to have gender under such a spotlight at the commencement ceremony. And Ingrid says it put trans and non-binary students in an especially difficult position, tasked with deciding whether or not to advocate for themselves before the graduation committee. People have had to go talk to the Mm -hmm. uh, administration if they're um, transitioning or they have transitioned. Which is hard for a student to to have to advocate that much for themselves. Especially, you know, if it's something that they weren't going to share. And it's also like drawing attention to them. Like people Mm -hmm. will be like, why are they wearing that color, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just being a unified school. And also with like people who are non-binary and stuff, it's not very inclusive at all. Like that, what you do in what that you situation. Do. <laughs> yeah. It takes the focus off of, you know, this accomplishment. You're graduating high school. You made it. And yeah. to put it on something else, like having to struggle to be represented, that's a little bit, that's a hard way to graduate. <laughs> it's a yeah. hard way to end your high school career. Willow again. As vice president of the student body, classmates were coming to her with the same feelings. I had had people like last year and the beginning of this year ask me like, is that, are we going to try and change the robe? And I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. So she took these concerns to the principal's office. Good morning, this is Dr. Thompson. How can I help you? Todd Thompson, principal at Grand County High School. When the students came to him with their idea to unify the color of graduation robes, he was supportive. He says other school districts in Utah have made this change, including Carbon and Emory counties. Plus, the students were speaking up. Yeah, we want them to advocate for themselves. That's what we um, are training them to do, because in the future, they're also going to have to advocate for themselves outside of high school. We want them to be able to advocate. We want them to have a voice, and we want to make sure that they feel um, that they're heard. Thompson said he encouraged students to get the opinion of their whole senior class. So with the help of staff, students created a survey for seniors on the graduation robe question. Should we change them to one color? Here's Willow. 
I like went because I do announcements sometimes. So I got on the intercom and I was like, everyone, all seniors must answer this survey. <laughs> and we still we didn't get everyone to respond, but it was a majority voting. Yes, let's change the robes. So now it's happening. The graduating class of 2023 is starting a new tradition for Grand County High. Principal Thompson expects some pushback, maybe from community members or alumni, but he says... Times change. <laughs> so we've just got to make sure that as we move forward and as we evolve in our community, in our school, we should listen to what current students want. It's great that we have a lot of people in our community vested in their school, but we've also got to make sure that we're listening to our students and listening to their voice. Ingrid and Willow say they feel great about this update to Grand's graduation ceremony, not just for themselves and their class, but for younger generations of local students. Here's Willow. Yeah, I'm glad that we, we're making it happen so that they don't have to worry about it. Like, I know yeah. I was worrying about it, like thinking about tr- trying to graduate and being like, oh, this is something that has not changed yet, so might as well be us to change it. All of Grand County's graduating seniors will wear red robes and walk alphabetically during commencement on June 1st. The Utah Food Bank has received funding for distributing what it calls more culturally responsive foods. Alex Gonzalez, with our partners at the Public News Service, has the story. The $100,000 grant from Key Bank will allow Utah Food Bank to create the infrastructure needed to identify, track, and distribute a wider range of food items, starting in Salt Lake County and eventually statewide. Jeanette Bott with Utah Food Bank says people from many different cultures and countries have relocated to the Beehive State. She says if the food bank is able to provide more of the foods these families are accustomed to preparing, including more fresh produce and fewer processed foods, it'll help take one less worry off their plate. If you flip that, you know, in Utah Food Bank being responsible for the entire state of Utah, we need to find a way to be sure that we're helping folks who are put in that situation and not just providing food, but trying to provide the correct types of food. Bot says the organization will need about a 12-month window to allow it to conduct some internal upgrades to implement the new tracking and distribution infrastructure. The hope is for the program to be up and running by the end of this year and ready for a statewide rollout in 2024. Bot believes the impact of the grant will help other states as well. She explains that as an emergency food assistance program, the products donated to Utah Food Bank are the same products that go out to the pantries that serve those in need. Bot says they always try to have the staples available, like rice and beans, but they'll soon have the ability to look more broadly. Can we look at those eight kinds of white rice, for example, and determine instead of just one, should we have three? You know, if we look at the beans, okay, and in addition to black beans, do we need to have other types as well? Bot says the grant money will also allow them to ensure that their network of food pantries has room for a variety of products and can match families to the foods as best they can. She reminds people that anyone in Utah who is food insecure can call 211 for assistance. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Organizations around the world have a chance to win funding for climate solutions from an Aspen-based nonprofit. The Global Warming Mitigation Project is accepting applications for its annual Keeling Curve Prize. The Keeling Curve is a graph that shows the daily accumulation of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Jacqueline Francis is the nonprofit's executive director. The challenge of global warming is 
incredibly difficult because it's going up against fossil fuels, which is how we've built our economy for the last you know, 100, 150 years. And that's an immense challenge to try and transition off something we've been so dependent on for so long. Francis says the idea behind the prize is to support climate solutions that might not otherwise get the funding they need. Past winners include a group planting mangroves in California and Mexico to sequester carbon and restore coastline. They've also awarded the prize to more high-tech solutions, like capturing carbon out of the air and turning it into jet fuel. You know, prizes do a great job in getting people excited and motivated and activated in, you know, the work they're doing. And, you know, having a little bit of money sometimes gets them over this very difficult, what they call the valley of death in the business world. The nonprofit managed to raise enough funding to double the size of the Keeling Curve Prize for 2023. Francis says they'll be giving $50,000 each to 10 winners. The application process closes February 10th. But Francis recommends applying soon because they're only able to accept 500 applications. Nearly 400 applicants applied last year. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, January 12th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.